Today on the news and why it matters, uh, a doctored video surfaces of fake Trump shooting the mainstream media and critics. No, no, fake mainstream media. Fa sorry, fake everything <laughs> in the video. Wall to wall coverage of it. Uh, but they may be missing a few details in their evening broadcast that we can give you just to clarify things. Don't change the channel. It starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by the one and only Glenn Beck. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, Stubergear, who there's probably a few like him. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so <laughs> and Aaron Cullen, uh, reporter from TheBlaze.com. Thank you guys for being here. We got a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. American Financing is a place that if you are looking for a home loan, you're looking for a refi, or you're looking for a consolidation loan, these are the people I trust. I've trusted them for a very, very long time. Stu has used them, I have used them, um, and they're, they're just really meticulous. They really listen to you. Unfortunately, they were really listening to him. He didn't get the loan because <laughs> he's insane. They were like, that's not really, that seems pretty risky. He's like, uh-huh. They're like, yeah, we don't do that. So if you're fiscally responsible, American Finance of the people for you. Call them up. They're waiting for your phone call now. Ten minutes will help you uh, figure out if you can get a loan, refi, uh, or consolidate. Please consolidate your high interest debt, uh, debt and, and put it under your mortgage. You don't even have to expand the years, and you're going to save a lot of money at American Financing. 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Uh, so over the weekend, there was a breaking news story. I think it was the New York Times who, who published it first, saying that there was a graphic, graphic video of uh, Donald Trump, a fake Donald Trump, obviously, shooting fake uh, members of mainstream media, and it was shown at his resort. <gasps> this video was shown oh my at gosh. his resort. Can you believe he would do something like no, that? No, so wait a minute. So these are very wealthy people at his resort? And they were they saw this, and they they're going to of course go because they're the type mm -hmm. that just goes gets their gun and then just goes stock people right. A mass shooting by Mar-a-Lago members. Yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> seen that. time. Okay. Um, and I, do we have the actual video or is is this just okay? So so there's the picture right there. Um, and this is what is this from the Kingpin? Uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. Uh, yeah, the first one, the one that was good. The no, second one was the terrible. second was horrible. So um, so if there's a CNN blockhead. Or a Politico guy with a blockhead, or a CNBC guy with a blockhead, they're in danger today. <laughs> <laughs> they're in danger. That is specifically targeting the blockheads. You yeah. are correct. You are correct. So this scene is a very violent scene, and um, and it's from the first Kingsman, where and I love the story of the Kingsman, at least the first one, because it was a guy who was all about global warming. Yeah, it was the villain, the arch villain, was a guy who was so into global warming he wanted everyone to die to protect yeah. wow. the planet. You which is it. like, how do they make this movie? How did this get made? I don't understand. Well, I mean, and that was and that one was for last. They're actually saying we should eat our babies now. So um, here's, this, here's this movie that halfway through, the media loved it. Absolutely loved this. They had no problem with this guy, this character, having a chip in his head that makes him do whatever the bad guy wants him to do. Isn't it a chip in his head or something? I don't like remember that? if that's this scene or not. That was one of the scenes. No, he was out of control. He was out of control, yeah. 
Killing everybody in the church? Yeah, he was a yeah. chip in the head, okay. I think. So I uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But <laughs> he goes into this church, and it's violent. Very, very violent. Kills everybody. Slaughters everybody. Now, the media didn't have a problem with that when that was a so-called, as they reported, conservative church. From the Deep South. From there, the though. Deep South. It, in, the, in the movie, it's like a Westboro Baptist crazy church. Okay, It's not a conservative church. But they didn't have a problem with it. Well, wait a minute. Hang on. You didn't have a problem when they were actual people in a church that you just claim was a, a conservative church. But you think because people have their heads covered with <laughs> blocks that say CBS and CNN, that that somehow or another is going to... Excuse me? <laughs> are you on all... Are, is everyone on LSD? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think when it comes to the media, the answer is yes. Yeah, because the case seems to be that if uh, if Trump is shooting these you know these media logos, uh, <laughs> th that somehow this is going to encourage people to go shoot people who actually work at the media companies or something. First of all, this video has been out for over a year, so we know it actually hasn't happened, right? Like, like number one is well, not yet. Uh, I mean, right, right. Yeah, I got here. It takes time. Time release. This is a time release. That's true. And now that they've made a big thing out of it, more people have mm. seen it. Yeah, of course, Point. much more people. So if they actually thought this was legitimate, they wouldn't do it. Uh, secondarily, um, I don't know if you saw the Andy No, um, who we've talked about before, mm. and, and what he found, which he was actually at the the event when the thing was being played, and and showed video of it, and it's in this room in like the back. Where it's like it was some like display on meme culture, yeah, meme right? art installation, meme art installation. It's just an empty room. There's no one in there watching it. <laughs> no. Like it was just basically like one of those things they threw in as part of the event, but like no one was even looking at it. So like basically nobody even saw that it happened. Uh, and we know that like this is a it is a typical tactic, right? Like they have to whenever there is something violent on the right, they have to say it's going to eventually lead to violence. When there's people shooting, uh, you know, at Republicans on a softball field, that has nothing to do with the left. Mm -hmm. They want to have it both ways, and because they are the arbiters, uh, they get it both ways, at least in their own eyes. I mean, it's up to us to make sure they're held responsible for this nonsense, because it is nonsense. There's the, you know, the Kingsman has no responsibility if someone goes and shoots up a church. It's a freaking movie. If a person goes up and does something like that, they have absolutely no responsibility for it. The same thing with Joker, the same thing with whatever, you know, Person made this jib jab looking meme <laughs> that can possibly affect somebody to do something like you this. You notice that they don't point to the person who made it. They mm -hmm. swear that it's almost like Trump was in there watching it himself, cheering it on the way that's being covered. Mm -hmm. So they're not assigning accountability to Although the person. Although it does look like a video. video that he would have made. Well, that's what I, I, I mean. It's that bad. I genuinely was like, did he retweet something again? Yeah. What is no. what is going on here? No, he didn't retweet it. He didn't. In fact, the White House has already come out and condemned it. They've already condemned. They said Donald Trump has not actually seen the video, but right. by the description, obviously we condemn it because that's what the left was saying. Well, he should immediately come out and condemn it. Okay, he did. Shut up. And he had nothing to do with it. It was an event that was being held. It was what? Uh, American Priority Conference. What can you not find on the Internet? You know, you can find something for anything on the Internet and you can tie it to anybody if you want to. And it doesn't mean anything. And so it's it's interesting how selective The New York Times is with mm -hmm. making this a big story and saying, look what Trump supporters are about. And nobody's even endorsing this at all. The New York Times, who wasn't it less than a year ago, published like a fake assassination. It was like an assassination uh, kind of fantasy yeah. mm -hmm. about Trump. Mm hmm. 
No, we've seen that with, you know, uh, wasn't he getting killed in the park in every, like, in the like, mock uh, Macbeth yeah. thing? They had uh, Kathy Griffin, you know, mm-hmm. holding that bloody head up. We had a Bush assassination film when he was in office. This is every single time the left does it every time they just ignore it when it's on their side. Like, they understand the art. The people who are on the right are too dumb and they're going to go wind up uh, imitating the meme that the saw. And it's just ridiculous. It's a, a ridiculous double standard that I think in reality they know isn't true. But they know they can win this news cycle and then next news cycle they'll reverse their position and they'll win it another way. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. Meanwhile, you've got, uh, you know, the media not paying as much attention to things that probably we should be talking about. Like uh, Hunter Biden has now stepped down um, from the Chinese, what was it, the board that he was a part of. Mm-hmm. And we've got Adam Schiff, who came out over the weekend and said, eh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have the whistleblower testify. I don't really feel like it's that important anymore. We don't really mm. need any context from him. Mm. None of these stories are getting uh, getting talked about, mm. Glenn. Well, what uh, the Hunter Biden coming out is getting talked about. He's going to be on ABC's Good Morning America tomorrow talking about it. Guarantee you. I'm sure they're they're going to they're walking through the they're walking through the garden again. Yes. <laughs> And those are always hard hitting. Yes. I know. I know. Whenever I've been set up by the press, they always have me walking in a garden. <laughs> um, the uh, they're not going to ask him any of the tough questions, at least with follow up questions. I just outlined five or six questions uh, here today that have to be asked, or you'll know immediately this is a bogus interview. This is a campaign commercial done by ABC. Um, But you'll also notice that he did say that he would step down. However, what he didn't give up was... Stake in the company. His stake in the company. Oh, so you're not going to have to work for all that money. Oh, (laughs) boo-hoo. He's not giving up his stake in the company. I hereby announce I'm stepping down from this program. Uh, yeah. really? yeah, I'm still going to get paid, obviously. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'm not going to do any more shows. I mean, that's crazy. He's like, I'm stepping down from my unpaid board position, but I'm not giving up my stake in the company. By the way, there was nothing wrong with it, but I'm just stepping down for you guys is kind of what he's saying. Yeah. And so he's playing both sides of this thing here. The guy is completely, completely out of control. I actually feel bad for Hunter Biden, not because of this. He made his bed and his dad helped him make it. So his dad was there the whole time. I feel bad for Hunter Biden because... He's so out of control. He is so clearly, um, what's that movie, uh, that, that uh, series on, um, on HBO about, is it? Succession? Succession. Have you, has anybody yeah, watched that? Uh, about halfway through the first season there. Okay, Pretty good. so the son, the one that's running the company, mm-hmm. that's Hunter Biden. Dad is just chewing him up and spitting him out. And interesting. he's completely out of control, and there's no place in succession or in this where dad's like, son, you need to get away. You need to get away. You need to stop. This kid is out of control. His personal life has been a disaster. A disaster. I, it's interesting. I, I didn't... You feel for him. I yeah. kind of do get there's a fatherly thing with Joe Biden. Like, I wonder how much of him not running in 2016 had to do with Bo, who mm-hmm. passed away. Mm-hmm. Or Hunter, who was in the middle of, like, 970 trips to rehab in 2016. <laughs> like, it was, like, probably his worst year. But at the same time, he's loading his, his son up. Yeah, it's hard to I want to, to talk about, about an enabler. 
here's son, here's $1.5 billion. Yeah, and they, you know, there's a disagreement amongst the Bidens as to whether they've ever talked about this before, because Joe Biden keeps telling the cameras over and over again that they've never talked about it. But Hunter Biden has said the opposite. He said they have had a passing conversation about it. And what, the reason why I think it's important is basically the way it was portrayed by Hunter was Joe came to him and said, I hope you know what you're doing with all this stuff. And Hunter was like, yeah, no, I do. Now, this is a person who's in the middle of like 950 personal disasters. Yeah. And he divorces his wife. He he starts to date his brother's widow while she's grieving. Oh, my gosh. He goes through all kinds of crack and cocaine. He's in and out of rehab. Um, that that All of this is happening while, hey, I hope you know what you're doing with this Burisma thing. Dad. And somehow they I want clearly us to... don't have any idea what I'm doing. Somehow they want us to believe he's qualified to sit on all these boards of international companies and there's no nepotism going on at all. But it's clear he's not fit to be in these positions and here he is. Who, would, who would hire? Uh, sincerely. Yeah. What responsible com- company that, that was not engaged in nepotism or whatever would hire this kid? One of his relapses came after drinking with the guy who hired him at Burisma. Like, they were, like, involved in his personal disasters. And, of course, this is a way to get leverage over somebody, right? I mean, uh, there's all sorts of problems here. And, and it, there, like, there has to be some sort of separation, right, where Biden can do what he's doing. Uh, these, these countries, right, are hiring jo- uh, Hunter Biden because they know he's tied to the vice president. That is 100% the only reason you would do it. That doesn't mean that Joe Biden arranged it. We don't have full evidence on that just looks incredibly suspicious. The biggest problem, though, is what Peter Schweitzer said. He wrote an op-ed in the New York Times, and the New York Times asked him to write it, which was what Hunter Biden and Joe Biden did was not illegal, and that's the problem. This is incredibly corrupt. These guys get control of this, and then it's, you know, it's not even a crime. Could I go back, though, to having it both ways? The same time now they're bringing up Rex Tillerson. Oh, look it. Donald Trump had Rex Tillerson. I mean, why would you hire an oil guy? I don't know. (laughs) The entire world is on fire and war about oil. Saudi Arabia is about to go under. We're about to have the biggest energy reserve in the world of all time. We're just, we're now there. That's just coming up at the top. You know that Russia is playing Europe for oil. You know that we want to sell oil to Europe. To make sure that they're not beholden to them, instead beholden to us. You got a guy who has how many thousands of employees from people who are deep sea explorers, which is about the same as sending a man to space. And he's doing massive deals and he knows all of the leadership is certainly in the Middle East and any oil company. They don't question what Joe Biden's son, who's out of control with no experience, is doing on those boards. But Rex Tillerson is a stretch? Incredible. All right, back in a minute. I also love how the the treatment in the media of him saying he said that he won't work for foreign-owned firms if Joe Biden becomes elected. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor, um, who we here at Blaze TV are very thankful for Mm -hmm. because Glenn, it's made Glenn 
Like not. Less grumpy. Yeah, not grumpy. Any- well, less, less grumpy. That's a better way to grumpy. put it. I'm still grumpy sometimes. <laughs> not really. Um, uh, Relief Factor has worked for me. It has worked for so many people. It's funny. I just got, what was her name? Pamela? Got that note from Pamela today. She's a listener of ours, and she had pain sleeping on her side. She's about my age, and she's always slept on her side. Had the same problem. I couldn't sleep because the pain in my shoulder was so bad because I was sleeping on the side. And the doctor was like, no, don't sleep on your side. Oh, really? After 55 years? Oh, yeah, that's going to work out well. So I stared at the ceiling, and so did she. She started doing what I did, take Relief Factor, and it's gone. She's now sleeping on her side again. Thanks, Doc. Thanks to Relief Factor. Go to Relief Factor. Um, The number is on the bottom of the screen. There it is. Or just go to relieffactor.com. Order the three-week quick start. Uh, So Joe Biden, speaking of the Bidens, Joe Biden was uh, speaking at a presidential forum yesterday and had a little bit to say about this impeachment inquiry. He uh, kind of patting himself on the back for that one. Watch. I may be the last guy to publicly call for impeachment, but I'm the only reason there is impeachment going on. Because uh, this uh, this president has I've written extensively about how this president our democracy is literally at stake. It's not a joke. This is the most corrupt administration in modern American history. Oh my! <laughs> oh my gosh! You have a little bit to say about oh that. Oh my man? gosh! Yeah, this is provable. Talk to Peter Schweitzer. Provable. This guy is the most corrupt uh, vice president in our nation's. History, the things that he has been involved in and the funneling of money. Oh, my gosh, to say that. Now, I'm not saying that Trump is clean. I don't know. I haven't seen the evidence. But we have seen the evidence of Joe Biden and nobody seems to care about it. I can't take this is the most transparent. This is the most this is the this administration had zero zero hearings on anything. Yeah. Because everybody who said, hey, maybe we should hear this, maybe we should look into this, you said was a racist, a conspiracy theorist, or somebody who should be destroyed. Yeah. I mean, I can't take it. Still? Is this a little bit of projection coming uh, from Joe Biden? A little bit. I will say, you know, from a political candidate standpoint, I actually like the approach. I think it's it's a, not a great delivery here, uh, but the concept of, hey, you know what? You guys all wanted impeachment for a couple of years. Uh, who's the guy that got it for you here? It's because this guy's terrified of me. He's calling around. He's giving you the most overt actions. We all knew he was corrupt. Right? Again, this is not me talking, but we all knew the guy was corrupt. But here he had to prove it. And the reason he proved it is because he's flailing because he's terrified of me. That's exactly what I would be going with. That's not what he did. He's on the he's on the path to that, I think. You know, he's just not delivering it very well. But it is, I think, the right approach for him because this issue is not going away. You can't ignore it away. So you might as well try to make it into a positive. And so far, he's dabbled in that world. It'll be interesting to see if maybe with the Hunter Biden interview and the debate tomorrow, that if he goes, if he's any more overt with it, more explicit about how going could after you, How could, what are they going to ask him at the debate? <laughs> did you, I mean, did you hear uh, Chuck Todd this weekend? He wouldn't even tolerate a question about Joe Biden. I won't even tolerate that. <laughs> what? And that's why he can stand up there so boldly and say that with a smile on his face yes. because he knows he's got the cover. He's not going to get challenged on it by the other candidates. He's not going to get asked about it at the debate. So he can say that and people will just take it and run with it when in reality it's the most contradictory thing you could imagine him saying. But he feels so comfortable in his position that he's going to carry this all the way through the primary. 
Yeah. Um, there was a uh, uh, the impeachment inquiry was going on today. There was closed door testimony. Did you guys hear this big, you know, uh, no. kerfuffle between Adam Schiff and Matt Gates? I guess Matt Gates was not on any of the committees that were supposed to be in this testimony, but he is on the Judiciary Committee, who is usually uh, involved in mm -hmm. anything impeachment. Sure. And he wanted to go listen as a member of Congress and a member of the Judiciary Committee and Adam Schiff kicked him out. Uh, and so he's fired up about it. Trump's base is fired up about it. Um, it. That's a tough one though for me because I, you know, the rules are the rules, right? So if they only are allowing certain committees in there, does he have the right to be in there anyway? I, what I, know, like, I, I feel like it's all it's all optics. It's just this dog and pony show and who can get their base more riled up. And it's frustrating. What I don't like about this is the secret meetings on only half. Yeah. You know, even when Nixon um, did this, they they uh, appointed a guy um, in charge of the initial impeachment hearings who was really kind of a nobody. He was not a showboat. He wasn't real popular with anybody. He was just a, known as a meticulous guy. And so they put him in charge of it. Um, and one of the first things he said was, this is important for the republic. And we all have to do this and do our best. And he was talking to both sides of the aisle. And they all met and they had their meetings. And some of them were secret. Many of them were, were public. And they took it and they took it apart piece by piece. That doesn't mean that the apparatus around it, mm -hmm. but the people inside where if you don't let the other side in, if this is all secret meetings, this is an abomination. Yeah. It's an abomination. Stu, last word. Look, I mean, I, I think this is a political process almost entirely. And uh, this is just a, it's just a matter of time. They've already committed to impeachment. If they're going to eventually impeach this guy, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether there's facts on their side or not. So and most likely, unless something major changes, it's not going to go through the Senate and we're going to know exactly where we are. I don't think anything's going to change in the next six months, except the fact that we're going to be voting for the next president of the United States. And I don't know why we just don't all wait and utilize our. Does he want to win the then. Senate? This is a this is an attempt for them to make the case in all three branches. You know, they have the House and the House will impeach no matter what they find. Yeah. Then it goes to the Senate and the Senate has to vote. Should these be heard or not? And if they do, then it goes to trial. OK, waste of money at this point, waste of money. Maybe they find something, um, but it goes to trial. If they decide not to take it to trial, just to reject it, just vote on it as is. We've looked at them. No trial. This is garbage. The left can say, this is why we need to control the Senate. It's not enough to have the House. We need the House, we need the White House, and we need the Senate. And they're just going to push and say, all of the Republican Party, all branches are dirty unless you have one party. And we'll clean it up. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Okay, back in a minute. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that yeah. sound yeah. legitimate yeah. their audience? Yes. Can you figure out another reason why they might be doing this other than insanity? Uh, before we go, we got a couple minutes here. Um, Glenn, what are your thoughts really quickly on what's happening with Turkey moving into Syria? Uh, we've got the. I don't think it's going to help the president. I really don't. The pictures that are coming out, um, I'm getting. Mm -hmm. our, our people are down on the ground for the Nazarene Fund. And so I'm getting first hand accounts and videos and pictures. I, 
I tweeted one today, and I don't know if I should have. Um, it was um, it was a brother and sister, um, and they were laying on this gurney, being worked on by the by the hospital. He died. She lived, but her leg is blown off, and um, they're just people trying to escape from you know the, the warfare. Um, I posted something earlier this morning, some video I got last night of our people on the border. We sent in operatives to go get a bunch of Christians. We had all these jeeps and trucks that were waiting for them at the border so we could get them out. I'm tired of talking about it. At least we're doing something about it. And if you want to help us, please join us at NazareneFund.org, the NazareneFund.org. You can also go ahead. You can also buy a ticket to the M1 ball. It's coming. Yeah, up. M1 ball is coming up a week from Saturday. Is it a week from Saturday? Two weeks? From, is it like the twenty? The twenty sixth. Twenty sixth, and it happens here in Dallas. And this is how we raise money so we can pay for all of the light bills and everything else. So when we say Nazarene Fund, one hundred percent goes to that. It does, but we would really like you to buy a ticket, a table. Even if you don't show up, we'll find somebody to sit there. But <laughs> we would love for you to help us. And you can find that at mercuryone.org uh, slash m1ball. All right, overtime is coming up. Stay with us. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. There's some shocking footage coming out of a Fort Worth Police Department over the weekend. Uh, Tatiana Jefferson, a 28-year-old who lived in the area, was uh, apparently playing video games with her nephew, at, it was very, what, 2 o'clock in the morning. I would love to be 8 and playing video games at 2 o'clock in the morning, by the way. Uh, playing video games with her nephew had left the front door open. A neighbor had called the non-emergency police line to, to let them know, hey, I'm a little bit concerned. My neighbor's door is open. Uh, would you guys mind checking on it? And officers approached on scene, um, did not identify themselves at all, crept into her backyard, and then this took place, watch. So for those of you listening on podcast, they parked around the side, around the side of the house. They're looking through the screen door. They see lights on, they do not say anything. They quietly walk around to the back gate. Shining their flashlights, by the way, which is probably not smart if you don't want to be seen. Fair point. Like, <laughs> like if I saw someone walking around with a flashlight in my backyard, I'd be right. freaked out. Exactly. I'd have my gun out. I would absolutely. It's happened to me before. Again, no announcement. They open the back gate. Put your hands up! Show me your hands! And then later on, they show uh, a still frame 
of a firearm that was recovered on the property. Um, Does that have to do with this at all? Does anyone know? That's a great question, Stu, because in their statement that they made after the shooting occurred, uh, they referenced it. They said they were talking about, you know, near 2.25 a.m., Fort Worth police officers responded. But the interesting part is when they say they give the justification for it, right? They say the officer perceived a threat. They say perceiving a threat, the officer drew his duty weapon and fired one shot, striking the person inside the residence. Officers entered the residence, locating the individual and a firearm and began providing emergency medical care. <laughs> like, they also found Captain Crunch. What does that have to do with the story? <laughs> I it's mean, incredible. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, I mean, look, you always, of course, want to hear the full story and we don't have it yet, but I mean, we just saw the video. Uh, it's hard to imagine. I, I mean, I can't think of a circumstance in which this is even anywhere remotely close to okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is. Uh, I think as you know, as a person who's pretty pro police and usually sides with the police on these stories, like you have to be able to take responsibility when you really screw things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, it does seem like you know you can go the other way. I think too far as well. I mean, there's a lot of activists, the Sean Kings of the world, who are out there saying this is yet another example of a white cop shooting a black uh, person, uh, and you know. I don't think there's there's any chance for him to recognize who he was shooting, which is the whole problem to me. <laughs> like you should have, I mean that that is not how you handle that situation. I know that if I was in that situation um, and I saw someone with flashlights in my backyard, I would have been going to get my gun because yes. I would have thought I was being robbed. Yes, um, as I think any normal person would. Sure. Um, it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty scary situation because I mean she's in her own freaking house, getting shot out from the outside of the house. Into uh, through a window and getting killed at two o'clock in the morning while she's playing video games with her with her nephew. I mean, it's com- obviously completely unacceptable. I don't know that we have this furthers the idea that we have some epidemic of violence against any particular group. I, you know, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit off the air that like you know it's a white cop going into a neighborhood. He, the, I don't know the makeup of this particular neighborhood, but if it is, uh, you know, you know, potentially a mainly black neighborhood, maybe he's on edge. You know, I don't know what the circumstances are. All I know is I don't care what neighborhood you're going into. I don't care what color you are. I don't care who you're shooting at. That is not the right, right way to handle the situation. And if the, the police don't step up and take responsibility when they do make the mistakes, no one's going to give them a benefit of the doubt when they're in the right. Yeah. And I think there's some important questions that I don't think the police have answered yet. First of all, what what did the officers think they were going into? What was told to them on that call? The police call sheet, I believe the Fort Worth Star-Telegram reported, said burglary. But the statement that they released said it was an open structure call. So did they think they were going to a burglary scene, or did they think they were going to somewhere where the door was just open? Do you know, Aaron, which of those came first? Well, the call sheet was from Saturday from when it happened, and the statement but came it, after the fact. Okay, but it, was, but it was being reported to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram when? I believe it was Saturday, but I'm not 100% sure okay. on the timeline on that. But what they thought they were going into is important because the way they approached it seemed like they thought that there was a high chance that there was a threat on the scene. Mm-hmm. They didn't go knock on the door and say, hey, is everything okay? They came sneaking around the back to even, see. Even though it was, a, it was a non-emergency number? Non-emergency right? call. And they called 311 said, hey, my neighbor's door is open. It's, it's not usual. The screen door was closed, so they just had the door open apparently to just let air flow through the house yeah. like people it do was, sometimes. It was the nicest day of yeah. like the entire year. Yep. And they and so they wanted some cool air. I mean, we've been hot as hell. And their cars were and in the driveway. And that's all they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so the way that they approach it so aggressively raises a lot of questions about what the communication was there in that situation. And I hopefully we'll find that out soon. I just I just find the victim shaming of that particular. Yeah, throwing that the gun in there like 
But yeah, she, if she had the gun in her hand pointed out the window, she would have still she been in the right. She should have been. So exactly. That, that's still my thing. Is like, shot. That I, doesn't change anything. I know. But in fact, what that would indicate is that this woman, this 28-year-old woman, would have had uh, more discretion than the officer who popped off a shot at her before he even finished right. his he, sentence. He didn't identify himself. He shot within half a second of saying, mm -hmm. put your hands up. She wouldn't have had time to put her hands up anyway. So he was clearly panicked. He was clearly you know, trigger happy, scared, whatever the case may be. We don't know much about this guy yet, but certainly apparently he just resigned. Yeah, and yeah, certainly should not be an officer if that's the way. Look, exactly. it's very possible, I think, and perhaps even likely that what happened here is he was skittish and did something very wrong and it was a, a terrible mistake and, and all those things apply. You still can't be a police officer if you're doing those. those the, we need people who aren't like that. Yeah. Um, we went to, uh, we, uh, in, when I was in my house in Pennsylvania, one time we came back, you know, late night from you know, a night out uh, and came into the house and set our own alarm off by mistake. Now, I can't remember what the circumstance was, but the, uh, the police came. You know how sometimes you don't catch it in time or whatever. We, the call didn't come through, so the police came out. And, um, and I could see them come, coming in the front with flashlights, walking around the sides of our dark house. And it's like, what do you do in that situation? Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I guess I should probably alert them that I'm home because I don't want them to you know, be right. terrified that I'm inside the house. So I walked, I'm like, maybe I'll go through my garage I'll, because I have one of those, you know, automatic garage door opener. Mm -hmm. um, that's a nice big announcement. Hi, I'm coming out. <laughs> like that was kind of my big, my big theory. Mm -hmm. So I pressed the button. As soon as I pressed the button, my little dog sprinted towards the door, barking like crazy. And I thought to myself, crap, my dog's going to get shot. Uh -huh. Right? That was my first thought. So I take a few steps after my dog. And I, I look up and there's a cop with a gun pointed right at me and saying, you know, freeze. And like, I, of course, did. Right. And luckily, I mean, I, I'm, I'm luckily pretty... you didn't have a cop that was jumpy and panicked. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's really what that is. Yeah. And I guess that's the complaint there. Right. Like, you know, you can't like, you know, our, our neighborhood was a mixed neighborhood, I guess. I mean, probably representative of the United States. But it's still one of those situations where, you know, you don't know. And I realized in that moment, you realize who knows what, if I would have tripped one half second earlier, they may have perceived that as a threat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, officers, I think generally speaking, obviously they don't want to go through what, whatever this officer is about to go through. Yeah. They're not going to want to go through it. Nobody does. Um, I don't, I think the overwhelming majority of officers are very careful and do their best, but this is an impossible situation we send them in and it's an, impo it's an impossible situation to keep the public trust. So the only way you can do it is if when you have a bad incident, you treat it really seriously and be really, really transparent. So far, the way Fort Worth is, is handling this is not encouraging. Yeah, and the response to it is going to ruin the trust that the community has with the police, and it's going to make it harder for the police to do their job in the future because people don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. They don't feel they can trust them. And I will say uh, it, it is really important and I think necessary for conservatives who are, like you said, very pro-police, to be able to stand up when something like this happens and say, We've got to identify where these screw-ups are, and we've got to figure out how to change it. And we should point out too that you know this is a real conservative issue from a Second Amendment standpoint. Yes, the fact it's, that the police are very much intersectional. A person yes. for oh, for having a gun. Exactly. We have no indication, and certainly they didn't at the time of the shooting that if it was illegal or anything else pops up with it. All we know is they had a gun and they decided to throw that in there. So I was like, well, like, we could have been shot. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's BS. Yeah. That is not the way you're. This is a second. This is a right, a fundamental right given to us by God to defend ourselves. It's ingrained in our constitution institution for a reason and this is texas man exactly i mean if, if, if you're throwing that crap in in a texas police report i mean i don't know i don't know how far we fall they should know better yeah. yeah well we will be uh keeping an eye on that case and our uh our thoughts and prayers are going out to the victim's family um our poll from friday it was asking what did you watch 
Uh, let's see, the options were, oh, the LGBT town hall <laughs> or Trump's rally. 53% said neither. And wow. 47% said Trump rally. I'm a little disappointed by this because only really 1% pisses you off here. And that's I know. a very low number. I want to get that <laughs> I'm not even mad about it now. That's why I'm not. It's just 1%. What's to be mad How at? How many town halls can people sit through, you know? Like, those it's things. true. They do one, like, and this one on was, what, issue, five yeah. hours, seven hours, something like that? Yeah. They all are because there's too many candidates. They all have to talk. It's true. I want, when, when is that going to get weeded down, Stu? Uh, I mean, they keep raising these standards, and it's getting harder and harder for people to hit them. Um, I think, you know, this. you had a few candidates squeak in here. Mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard, she may not even go to this one, she's saying. Steyer squeaked in, but he, I think because of his money, he'll be able to stick around for a little while. But there's a lot of those fringe candidates right at the bottom. I mean, we're already seeing some of them miss these debates. It's, you, can't, you can't continue your campaign if you're missing these debates. I will say one really interesting thing about this real quick before we leave. Yeah. The Democrats had an opportunity here with 12 candidates to do two nights mm-hmm. of six candidates and actually get some depth and, and conversation, and maybe you'd actually learn something of value. They instead opt to go with one night of 12. The largest stage of all of them. Right. Completely ridiculous. You're going to get nothing done. I swear they're just trying to hide people. This is a way, yeah. like if Biden's got to talk for 25 minutes, if Bernie Sanders off a heart attack needs to talk for 25 minutes, God only knows what could happen. Instead, they're going to have 30-second sound bites, and it's going to be over really quickly, and it's, going to be, it's hard to imagine anything of note actually happening, especially if you have to go past a couple of catchphrases. Mm-hmm. And the people with the smaller polling numbers, I'm sure, will maybe get one question. Yeah, yeah. yeah they'll talk for two minutes total. Yeah, the whole thing. they might be, be thrown a bone one time, and then we won't hear anything else from them. Uh, all right, today's poll, who is the most radical 2020 Democrat? Your choices are, you ready? Yes. Robert Francis O'Rourke. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, or Pete Buttigieg. Mm. I don't see how Bernie Sanders does not win that. I don't know. I'm going to go Beto because he he'll say anything at this point. He's but that's so, why is he even he'll, radical? Yeah, he doesn't even radical. know. He doesn't even he's know no what fake he radical. wants. Okay, so that, I'll, I'll give you that. He's, I'll give he's you radical. That. He's, <laughs> he's <laughs> fake radical. He can't even be radical, right? It's sad. Yeah, I mean, I really do think. Uh, I mean, Buttigieg is absolutely not the one. Yeah. I mean, so I think he. I would eliminate him immediately. Uh, Beto is trying to be Bernie. He's trying to be Elizabeth Warren. He's but trying those to be two, whatever's going to get him clapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, those two are authentically radical. Uh, however, Bernie is more. I mean, believed it for longer. I mean, she was a Republican when he was going to so- the Soviet Union. I mean, uh, Bernie's the guy on this one. I agree. Did you did you hear what he said about her? That he said uh, that she is what she has capitalism. Oh, in, she's capitalism in her bones. In her bones. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. How I would describe Which her. Which is but. so cra- <laughs> but it's so crazy that that's that's, that's the diss, right? Mm-hmm. That's the diss in yeah. the Why Democrat are you Party. Capitalist. Oh, she's a capitalist to her core. That's the I harshest mean, she's thing anybody evil. said about her in that whole primary. I know it's the first time anybody said anything bad about her, and it should be something that's good. Right, right. <laughs> capitalist. Uh, we live in a country that it has some capitalism. It's, but it's interesting because she is policy-wise almost identical to Bernie. I mean, they're running the same freaking yeah. campaign. He's running it from the revolutionary uh, standpoint, and he and, and Elizabeth Warren's trying to run it from the evolutionary standpoint. Right? Mm-hmm. She's trying to give very reasoned things. She's trying to say, "I'm a capitalist, but I just happen to support all socialist policies." Where he's like, oh, "Of course, I'm a socialist." He's being honest. <laughs> yeah. She's lying. But she's and winning. He, and, but no, she, but, yeah, right. She, I mean, it's also the fact that he's 150 years that's old. That's what I was going to say. Help. It might help <laughs> if he wasn't so old and also so angry all the time. Yeah, yeah he doesn't come off well. And now he's got medical issues, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I will be interested to see. Uh, I wouldn't how be surprised he if he dropped out before. You know, there's only so much you can take. I, it's a stressful thing. I want, like, 
personally I want him to. Mm. Not because yeah. I'm scared of him, but no. because it's like, you got to know that that's the right thing to do if you've just had this heart attack and you know the Yeah, he should probably be like on bed rest right now, to be honest, after yeah. what he went through. I certainly would not be out at the, uh, in this debate. I mean, I, him taking one debate off is not that big of a deal, frankly. I no, mean, it wouldn't it, hurt him in the polls. It, it really, it, you know, it... He's falling off, and it might say, okay, well, you know, but I mean, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. There's another one in November. If he was back for that one, it would be fine. Everyone was going to forget this one. Everyone has a short memory. Yeah, it's really. I, mean, I don't remember so. what happened in the last debate. I don't either. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast. Okay, I mean, that might be a bigger <laughs> issue that I should get checked we'll out. <laughs> Let us know what you think, who you think the most radical 2020 Democrat is. I know, I know. It's a really, really tough decision yeah. with this group. But let us know. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter, at The Blaze. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you. for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Buttigieg had a nice poll, actually. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he was at eight, which was okay. some, you know, right. He was only three behind Bernie in this, in this poll. Really? Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.